Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We're joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul, Mission Control, Deck, and most importantly, you are you, you are here. That makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. We're returning to the world of the paranormal this evening. Returning, in a way, to earlier explorations of things like divine intervention and the phenomenon of hearing voices, which is funny, right, guys? Because right now... Our fellow conspiracy realists are using electricity to hear us as voices in uh, their heads. We I mean, can call hell, that, you, yeah. We're hearing each other as voices in our own heads currently, too. It's also a good weird. point. Yeah, we have the benefit of being able to see each other in it's little true. thumbnails. Uh, we are participating in something called electronic voice phenomenon, or EVP. Uh, tonight's episode is about something similar, with one crucial exception. We ask you, folks, what if instead of hearing podcasters, people are claiming to hear ghost. Here are the facts. Here, here are the facts. Yeah, keep it. Oh, yeah. Well, you did spell it that way in the outline. You had to say it or else because people wouldn't get the joke otherwise. Uh, yeah, let's talk about ghosts. Uh, these are the facts. Uh, some people believe that when a human being or any other living being, sometimes even what we would consider to be non-living beings die, uh, they they live on in some way. Or perhaps they linger in our corporeal world, um, and maybe at some point they move on to some other realm. But for some reason, whether it's through trauma, through some kind of wrongdoing, just there, if there's a time period in which they remain, these dead people and dead beings stick around. Mm -hmm. People have been believing in ghosts forever. 
literally since people were peopling, we were wondering what happened when folks passed on. As you said, Matt, it's part of it's because the human species has no universally agreed upon understanding of what happens after physical death. That is a yes. very frightening, very true thing. The study of death is called thanatology. We even made up a word for it. Yeah, like Thanos. Isn't he like the the, the Lord of Death or something? In the- he has a he has a crush on death. That's right. In it's the comics. Whole, I don't think, did they handle that in the movies? I don't think they did, but I did hear that that was a thing in the comics. Uh, no, it's a reasonable thing to think about, you know? I mean, they, they you know, everyone always jokes or morbidly notes that it's the one thing that we all will experience, but no one has any idea what it's like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it is important to stress here that is, this is a belief in some form of after existence that can be experienced by humans here, right? Absolutely. And no one, you know, obviously no one on this show is going to poo-poo anybody's personal belief or personal value system. What we can say conclusively is that at this point, no single theory Uh, No single proposal about what happens to uh, human mind or soul after physical death has ever been accepted by everybody else alive on the planet. People die. No one agrees what happens after. And this remains the fundamental question moving civilization. There are a lot of people who believe they have discovered the answer or have perhaps philosophically reconciled it with their own existence. They cannot convince everyone else of the truth, and this is the basis for most religious conflict throughout human history. A lot of people also, perhaps a a bit less ambitiously, will say, look, I don't know the ins and outs of the universe. I'm not the emperor of metaphysics or ice cream. (laughs) It's a shout out to the poetry fans, but they they will say, uh, I do believe, however, that I have experienced or seen something that science cannot yet explain. Just saying, look, I don't know the specifics, but I was there at the Dave and Buster's. That lady was transparent. I felt a chill in the room as she turned the corner, walked through a wall and disappeared. And then I was weirdly coated in a, a, a thin film. Of, of gooey material, <laughs> <laughs> spooky ghost. But but in this in this case, it's maybe you heard something when nobody else was in there, right? Uh, but there's there's something else that's added to this, and that's in those religious beliefs and movements you're talking about. There, Ben, there's not just the spirits of human beings, right? There's also otherworldly entities within most religions that exist outside of the human experience, right? Or maybe mm-hmm. can enter our world at certain times or just, you know, make a brief appearance. So you're, you're also talking about angels and, and demons and uh, smokeless fire beings Shit. and all kinds of, yeah, yeah and all kinds of other, uh, there's so many other types of beings that are in, within belief systems that could be maybe thought to be a ghost by one observer, right? Mm-hmm. Or could be something completely different or are just, you know, as we've seen some of the mundane explanations for these things, um, it could be any number 
of intangible, those but in, in, intangible yet somehow interactive under the correct circumstances. And it's there, so that's neat. a great way to put it. That like every religion, I mean, I think for the most part, every religion that I know of has some form of these things, whether it be like dibbics, you know, in, in the in the Jewish mm-hmm. faith True. or, you know, demons or whatever you might call them. There are all kinds of different kind of genres of these things that exist in this parallel universe, you know, between different faiths. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, but and then you've also got the science added to that, right? Which is some of the fundamental uh, laws of physics about energy not ever being able to be destroyed, right? It can be reshaped and changed, but uh, the fact that human beings can't at this moment prove that which is the experiencer in humans, right? We've got some pretty good ideas of what that thing is that you right now listening to this and processing the words and having thoughts about yourself in the world as you're hearing these words. We can't prove what that is. We have some good ideas, but... Theoretically, that spirit, that soul, that thing, that energy that's inside of each and every one of us right now, may, there may be some key to it that we just haven't figured out how, or some lock that we haven't opened yet, right? There's Star a ghost stuff, of a bro. chance. You know? There's a ghost of a chance to solve it, to <laughs> solve this question of star stuff. I mean, yes, obviously, look, hardcore skeptics in the crowd, you hear the word ghost, you hear the G word, and you might say, ah, fiddle dee dee. Or fiddlesticks, yeah. <laughs> right? That's how. That's how. That's the if broad you're a character brush. in a nursery rhyme, and that's, right. and that's all how skeptics you are characters yes. in nursery rhymes, apparently. But uh, <laughs> if you are a hardcore skeptic and your world is normalized such that you don't run into people who feel they have had a supernatural experience, you may be surprised to learn. This is a relatively common thing Uh, in the West, in the U.S. alone. Back in 2019, there was a poll from a French marketing giant named Ipsos, and they found that nearly half of all Americans polled believe in ghosts. Forty six percent of people, when asked, said they believe in the spirits of the dead or in these intangible maybe non-human entities that can be communicated with, even if they felt they had no personal firsthand experience with such fun fact, by the way, that same poll says that 7% of Americans believe in vampires. 6% of Americans believe in zombies. Shout out to, uh, shout out to at Borat on Twitter who asked, how many believe in zompires? Zompires. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice! Mm, you got to believe in something. Yeah, that's what I say. And I mean, just really quickly, speaking of belief, I mean, the tenant or the crux of like all of these faiths is answering the question of what happens, you know, after you die, and some form of moralistic kind of you know framework that gives you points, you know, in the afterlife for the stuff you do in this life, and they're all kind of their own set of rules, and they vary, but they usually have some sort of commonalities too. Yeah. Well, and and just 46% feels like such a large number because we're a society. America is not one, you know, cohesive thing, right? It's a bunch of different cultures coming together. And I'm just imagining in my experience and the experience that maybe I see in representations of America, um, I'm thinking of family, friend groups. We, We are not a one large cohesive culture that venerates the dead in some large way. Not mm-hmm. at least not when compared to many other cultures across the world, right? Mm-hmm. Like we we don't have you know uh, generally I, I, again you can't really speak this way, but 
there aren't a lot of shrines for dead family members in like um, middle America household. I don't think, at least from my experience that I've right. seen, right? There's yeah. not a lot of places where you go in days on which you go and venerate the dead members of your family and your ancestors. Um, while that is an experience that I think a lot of us have, right? It's, I would say it's probably more few and far between than a lot of other places in the world. The shrine. Yeah, agreed. You're right, Matt. The shrine, uh, has been replaced by the simple tombstone in, yes. in the United States at, without the same schedule of veneration. And going going back to, uh, there's something really interesting with the idea of science versus spirituality. Science attempts to explain how something occurs, and spirituality attempts to explain why something occurs. So mm. indeed, it may be true that science, as a philosophical perspective, is unequipped to answer certain questions. Yeah, I mean, one of the whole points of faith is having the why not matter, <laughs> you know, is sort of putting your trust uh, in a, something that's bigger than you that you don't fully understand and that you acknowledge you don't fully understand. That's sort of part of it, too, is just believing without proof. Well, I'm not I'm saying that as a I think I'm not saying this as a good or bad thing. I just think it's interesting. Mm, yeah. And I I love the observation, too, about uh, ancestor worship as it would be called some places, the veneration of those who came before, because you can go to any number of other countries. You know, I, I remember uh, speaking with some folks in Japan who were saying, hey, you know, these shrines may seem commercialized to outsiders because there's a, you know, there's a shrine every couple of feet or whatever. Uh, there's a shrine next to the McDonald's or what can have you, buy, you. Can you buy ad space on the shrines, though? That's what I'm picturing. I haven't been to Japan. I'm just wondering what you mean by commercialized. More the well, proximity. Well, the, the idea, yeah, the proximity, the approachability, the ubiquity. Uh, but then there's also something beautiful about that, about having totally. the spirituality exist uh, in the same space as a very secular system. I mean, I, that's what I think, like this number, 46% of Americans in an increasingly secular era of time, the fact that almost half of people in the U.S. believe in ghosts, I think it tells us a lot about the society in which these beliefs occur. You know, it, it goes back to sort of the the old question about technology, right? Like the, for a long time, there was this belief that technological breakthroughs and scientific discoveries would put previous supernatural experiences squarely in the realm of the mundane and the explainable. And that is simply not the case. You know, we, we know science can explain some things, but the assumption of the technology versus the spiritual is woefully incorrect. Fears of the paranormal fascination, it just adapts with emergent factors. For sure. And, and with today's episode... Just to that point, Ben, we would figure, okay, there's some weird sounding stuff on this recording. It sounds kind of like a human voice, but maybe with science or just with enough examination, we can figure out what that actually was, right? Uh, but like, that hasn't happened yet. 
Hmm. Yeah, think about it has, hasn't it? I mean, uh, it's the, happened in some cases, well, but, but, but there's not also, a silver yeah. bullet answer. But we're also talking about something that has occurred and not necessarily to someone, an experiential thing that someone has reported having happened to them. And then how could you possibly expect to recreate those exact circumstances? You know, I mean, if That's it is question. truly a spiritual occurrence and mm. not just some thing that could be explained, like crossed waves or whatever it might be. You know what I mean? Like we, it's That's true, you test but there's still that, a tangible artifact yes yeah. i think you know, changes I, I, I get it I, I just think yeah. you know it, it that would be more of a a thing that is associated with a place that you could then go test but if someone's being spoken to by the divine or they're hearing something like that how could you possibly test for it knowing where and when it will occur if it's based on the individual i, I don't know i'm just spitballing well, here guys I, I think it's fascinating that's- stuff I think that's the really cool thing about today's subject, because it is a scientific attempt to prove something that we can not currently prove with science, right? We're trying to collect an evidence that would be proof enough to test and further test and further test to be like, oh, that's actually what's happening. And this is, this is mission critical, because we know, we know technology does not dispel the supernatural. Uh, that's why, for instance, tales of the the unseely or the hidden folk or fey abductions and and changelings. That's why when UFOs became a thing in popular culture, that's why all those fairy tale abductions became UFO abduction stories. Look at it, folks. Beat for beat, these are the same stories. Ghostly armies become ghost trains when trains become a thing haunted crossroads give way to ghostly hitchhikers on and on and on this applies to the ways in which people believe they experience ghosts we want to thank everybody who wrote to us uh, in our previous episodes about encounters that you may have had that you you can't explain you know uh, people might believe they've seen a ghost but that's just the beginning you might feel a ghost a chill in the room What's weird about this Dave and Buster's now? A brush of a hand along your shoulder in the dark or, you know, smell is a big thing, right? People will say, like, I lost someone. I was at their grave. or I was thinking of them. I held an object of great import and I smelled their perfume. Or I went to the site of a great wartime tragedy. and There was still a persistent odor of gunpowder in the air. Technology just gives us new avenues of paranormal experience. To your point, Matt, the question tonight is, what if you don't see ghosts? What if you can hear them? We're going to pause for a word from our sponsor. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. Just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, 
uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, the Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here's where it gets crazy. The fancy term for this is electronic voice phenomenon, or EVP. And I think a lot of us have stories about this kind of thing. In the world of ghost hunting or parapsychology, as Dr. Vankman puts it in the Ghostbusters, not the cat, the character played by Bill Murray, EVP just describes sounds encountered on electronic recordings that are interpreted as the voices of spirits. Yeah, and you may have seen these on things like Ghost Adventures or any of the other myriad of shows out there where people are hunting ghosts on your television or on your phone probably now. Um, It's weird because it's so broad at this point. It could be just audio that is captured with a microphone, right? When people are walking around with their cameras and their microphones and they're asking questions in the dark and there's a response, right? Sometimes that response is audible that you can hear, right? As you're watching the television show that all the actors slash ghost hunters on the television hear as well in the moment. Other times it sounds that occur on that tape or on that electronic recording well after the fact, right? And they're only heard after the team goes back to the van and plays it back and they enhance it. And then you've got some kind of audio on there. It really is a pretty wide range of just some kind of audio that is recorded, whether or not it's actual vibrations being recorded or let's say the machine being manipulated in some way to create audio. Dude, 
It's so funny you bring that up. Um, I was uh, texting with our friend of the show, Alex, you know, of ephemeral fame and just a wonderful dude and good friend about um, this microphone that I saw. It's a company that makes synthesizers and they also make a microphone. They're called Soma and it is designed to record electromagnetic interference in the air and like you can take it anywhere and it just like it's it's tuned in almost like a reverse radio kind of to record like all of this stuff, whether it be microwaves or, you know, radio frequency frequencies or whatever. And a lot of people in, you know, kind of electronic nerdy music synth community use these for field recordings and, you know, convert them into weird soundscapey kind of things. And uh, I, I sent it, I'm a link to it because he's into that kind of stuff. And he responded, that's how you hear the ghosts, man. <laughs> and he's not nice. wrong. Nice. It's so cool. It's well so, done, I, I want to buy one. I'm re- I really want to buy one and hear what it's all about. I haven't even heard any samples, but I'm fascinated by this idea and what he said. I think there's something to it. Everybody check out Ephemeral uh, while you can. Uh, I think all of us have some involvement with it in the interest of transparency. I truly believe it's one of the best shows out there. Uh, the, The question about EVP reminds us also of photos of Bigfoot. I know it sounds dumb, but photos of Bigfoot, camera technology, photographic technology has come so far. But every photo of Bigfoot, bit blurry, bit indistinct. And indeed, this is the case with audio recordings purported to be examples of EVP. The recording may often be staticky, scratchy, as if the voice on the other end of the line is coming from far away. It's faint, it's muddled, maybe indistinct. To the true believers, this is hard evidence of life beyond the grave, and we owe a lot or EVP, we should say, owes a great deal to the spiritualist movement, which it's weird that we've never done a deep dive on the spiritualist movement because it's endlessly fascinating. Oh, for sure. I was just going to say before we get into the spiritualism movement, one of the weird things about EVP now is that sometimes it's extremely easy to hear and you can it's it's crisp and clean, but it has more to do with the technology that's being utilized rather than the actual recording of whatever is supposedly speaking to people. You guys have seen those boxes that they have now that will randomly pull in radio signals. It's like a it's like a radio randomizer that plays stuff across uh, like, the, like all like the, the spectrum, like the entryway of the iHeart offices. In New yeah, kind of like that. <laughs> no, but, it's they tracking, will, yeah, it's but they will do that now. And you'll see someone on, you know, again, on television, you'll see someone in a room in the dark asking questions, uh, you know, to the nothingness in the room or the thing or whatever it is they're trying to contact. And this thing will randomly play actual DJs basically saying words at random. And so you can hear really well exactly what's being said, but it's not, it's just so strange how it becomes muddied when you, when people are trying to apply new technological uh, advancements to this thing that then actually make it maybe even less real to me. So Matt, are you saying then that there are very crisp, clear, proven recordings of ghosts? Well, there are crisp, clear, proven recordings of someone playing a radio randomly that appear to be answering the questions that are being asked in a room. Uh, Interpretation. Yes. But so like you can hear it and it's clearly that. And it's like someone asks, well, what is your name? Bob. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're like, oh, wow, that's clearly Bob. But uh, it was just some DJ, you know, in Tennessee somewhere 
that said Bob randomly and the thing selected it. And it. You know, it's sort of like walking down the street, like in a busy city and overhearing snippets of people's conversations. And, you know, if you wanted to interpret it, you could take a word here and a word there. As How moving. is this about me? <laughs> yeah, well, 100%. But like, you know, the, that's just an electronic version of that. When you're scrolling through the dial and you're you're tuning between stations and hearing little snippets of whether it be commercials or, or people talking or whatever, you can pull something out of it if you think about it hard enough. You know? Audio Rorschach. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Just, I, for me, it's just weird because we're, we're in this weird space where it's like, it, it's hard to tell. It's so hard to mm-hmm. tell. Um, well, you no, know, no, what it is, is you have to decide. So it's all about belief. So in the end, you have to decide if you believe that the technique that's being utilized is either scientifically sound or matches what you think a ghost would do. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Put oneself in ghostly shoes, you know, and that's the, also I think that's a fantastic point about the role of technology. Uh, technology, again, does not dispel the supernatural. That is a dangerous assumption. Right. And I think it dismisses a lot of human experience. Uh, spirituality or excuse me, the spiritualist movement had their heyday uh, for about a century, 1840s, 1940s, peters out in the last half of the 20th century. And their whole thing was that they could, the belief was we can use the scientific method and technology to interrogate this continual cross-cultural experience with what appears to be ghostly entities through things like photography, through the scientific measurement of ectoplasm, you know, do some double blind test with mediums. Houdini was a fan of that. All of this could help society better understand some hidden world. Spiritualism has a ton of problems. Number one being honestly folks, the charlatans and grifters who made a lot of money in the game, but I, I think it's safe to say most of the folks who are interested in this were acting in good faith. They're humans. They want to understand the world. They want and need to discover, recognize, and leverage patterns. So well, yeah, because as yeah. you said, they made money on it. But they were also saying that they could just communicate with the dead, you know, and not even use technology. So the, spiritualism yeah, te- is such a technology, like for the show of it all, you know, making the table move and using like air pumps and things like that. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm being uh, glib, I guess, but I, th- I, I tend to think that a lot of the members of the spiritualist movement were in some way taking advantage of people's spiritual beliefs, you know. But but just the fact that there were enough other humans who were interested enough in those seances, in those techniques that you're describing there, Ben, where it's like they wanted to believe in that enough that these people, the charlatans, the charlatans made some bank. So it's like it, and and now we see it moving into the TikTok generation where it's this neo spiritualist movement that is now based there's so much based on tarot so much based on astrology so much based on feeling and interpreting and intuiting everything that you know whether it comes to interpersonal relationships and dating to how you uh, view the world and using the secret to manifest your whatever it is massive right now my toxic trait is texting a romantic interest at 1111 or 111 and just being like thinking of you portal the portal's opening 
I didn't mean to sound like I was throwing the baby out with the bathwater there. I know that there are members of, uh, you know, these kinds of things that aren't just trying to rip people off or using it for clout. I mean, but I guess when I think of the spiritualist movement, I think largely of the bad apples and that may be on me. Oh, like the theosophist and so mm-hmm. on? Well, yeah, and just like the, you know, phony mediums and things like that. Oh, I, I didn't mean to put that on you that way, uh, Noel, in, in that response. I just mean that it's so popular right now. Mm-hmm. And it, as no, it was I, then, I'm just, right? I'm just, just walking back what I said. I didn't want to sound, I mean, I, you, it's just, I do realize that there are people that genuinely believe all kinds of things, but it's easy to focus in on the negative parts of that history, I guess. And mm-hmm. maybe I'm just a, a spiritual kind of skeptic or a little bit jaded about that kind of stuff because of my own upbringing, you know? There's nothing wrong with that. There's a, 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 The argument, again, is that technology once again, does not dismiss the supernatural. It becomes a new avenue for the exploration of such, right, of these experiences. And, uh, Noel, I would say that point that you make holds true in the modern day or what we call the modern day. It is going to be hilarious, by the way, in 3024 when people listen to this and say, aren't you guys technically now ghosts? On a recording? <laughs> well, oh, 100%. No, that's, I mean, that's at the heart of a lot of this is recordings are memory. I mean, I'm sorry, ghosts to me in a lot of ways are memories and the way. Shout out Counting Crows. Think yeah. of me. Well, God, that does sound like a Counting Crows lyric if it's not 100% already. But I mean, I think we've talked in the past about how a lot of times places hold so much power because of the things that have happened there because of the history. And the history feels palpable sometimes when you're in a place. And I just feel like to me, that's what ghosts are in, in a lot of ways for me personally. And like memories of the loved ones that we have that'll come over you like a ghost and use this feeling of being haunted. It can be a positive haunting, but it's still very much like something external moving through you. You know, I think it's interesting. Just really quick. I think this is the the thing that really caught me in this section, Ben. Spiritualism lasted pretty much right up until World War II broke Mm -hmm. out, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm feeling our society in this thing this neo-spiritualism thing whatever it is growing and growing and growing right before world war three bro it's what it right feels it's what it's feeling like <laughs> no, no, no point of that already Jeez no Louise, it's true man. it's true though because that's something we set up earlier in this episode with these ideas this interrogation of that which cannot be currently explained by modern science These ideas are on a rise when social factors become uh, uh, just so, uh, a certain unease with the status quo, a certain lack of stability. It sends people searching for answers. So it should be no surprise, you know, during the 1920s, right before the Great Depression, by the way, uh, people were super gassed about audio technology. I can say something. It'll be on record. What could go wrong? This will help us talk to ghosts, right? Like, what else can this amazing do? It's a good question. Seems to be even- a short walk to that. <laughs> I mean, right. Given the the magical feeling around, I mean, even still to this day, oh, I don't sure. understand how a vinyl record works. I barely understand the science of capturing, you know, vibrating audio, you know, sound waves. Oh, it's it's so mystical cool. to me. It feels like capturing a spirit, you know, or like a soul or something. It's I would argue it's rediscovering ancient technology, which 
far be it for me to sound conspiratorial, but there's some excellent Never. stonework uh, that is very, very old that uh, channels vibrations just so. It's beautiful stuff. This was very popular. This was the crypto of its age. The papers of note were talking to the tycoons of the day. Uh, in Scientific American, there's this interview with Thomas Edison in, I, I think, like the 1920s. Uh, and someone asked him, there's a good faith question. They said, well, Mr. Edison, can your technology, your amazing audio technology, could it, we know it can record voices and messages from humans and from, I don't know, what's a popular animal back then? Giraffe. Giraffes, humans and giraffes. But what about ghosts? And Thomas Edison, who is kind of a pill, just to be honest, he had a pretty interesting response. Uh, credit where it's due, we're pulling this from a book called Edison, The Man Who Made the Future by Ronald W. Clark. Edison's response is low-key hilarious. Do, do, do we do we have someone who can do like a, a silly voice for What's, it? Oh, goodness. Is that a, Edison probably did have a silly voice. It is possible to construct an apparatus which will be so delicate that if there are personalities in another existence or sphere who wish to get in touch with us in this existence or sphere, this apparatus will at least give them a better opportunity to express themselves than the tilting tables and wraps and Ouija boards and mediums and the other crude methods now purported to be the only means of communication. <laughs> Amazing. Masterclass in acting, folks. That's Mr. Noel Brown. Uh, that's, my, that's my Oscar clip right there. Well, think about the technology we're talking about there. Like Thomas Edison, Alexander Graham Bell stuff, Thomas mm. Watson, those mm. early inventors and using mm. liquid materials mm -hmm. and then try, like trying to figure out, oh, we can get sound through this liquid. And, you know, and the way microphone technology has worked, he in this moment, Edison is imagining probably what we've got now with these the yeah. microphones that are yeah. in our cell phones sure, and sure. like these uh, it's Dude. just a material that and never off electricity. by the way they're never off yeah, oh, yeah. God, I barely I knew the the, the the liquid part of the research that led to that stuff but I have seen lots of like TikTok and Instagram videos where people will take a table and send vibrations with a speaker that's underneath the table and like have like uh, for example that sort of um, magnetic uh, dust kind of stuff the and it will dust? literally yeah move into the shape of the waveform yeah, on the beautiful. table and liquid mm -hmm. will do the same thing if you send sound through it it'll start to make ripples in the shape like concentric circles of like what it's it's wild <laughs> you're welcome ouija board for your new design ouija 2.0 i like this this quote from edison is massive because oh, well first here's why it's hilarious edison himself doesn't have any strong religious views at the time of this interview and pretty much his entire life he wasn't a, a jerk about it he just said look nobody really knows what happens but in this interview this guy is such a salesman that just in case ghosts are real he says well, i can do better than a ouija board you know i like i like recorded audio we're we're doing that uh what else can it do and that's that's crazy he might not believe in ghosts but he sure believed in making a buck he's an always be closing type of guy well yeah but again i think he maybe 
believed like I, this, I, yeah. with this new technology, like you could record the unrecordable He's kind of thing. He doesn't at some know. Point. He's saying he doesn't know what's possible. It's a Wonka Vader. Totally <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. respectable. But I would argue if he didn't have some seed of belief, then doing this would be an utter kind of gross cash grab because he would know that what he's selling is snake oil. Because if he doesn't believe that it's possible, how could he possibly put his belief into a technology that purports this to be possible? So I just he's think- a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's court. <laughs> there you go. He's or he's Merlin. In that story, he believed his own magic uh, to a detrimental degree, as history would prove, as far as we know, at least, no matter what he said in this interview, there is no um, there is no evidence that he designed or constructed this hypothetical device. He just said he would do better than Ouija boards. <laughs> gotcha. For some reason, I thought there was like a forgotten patent for this thing laying around. Oh that my would God, be amazing. I, 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 the ghost of the ghost I looked, troller. I looked and I looked and I looked. If there is one that Edison made, folks, let us know. There's a thing here, guys. You, you, okay, we know we know about crystal radios. Mm-hmm. We, there's a weird thing. There's a weird story with um, Wayne Williams of all people and creating a crystal radio. And like me, that's how I learned what a crystal radio was yeah. back in the day. It's just, and you never do like it, it, it. Yeah. I, I guess I don't fully understand the tech behind it. I know that it's, you know, some wiring and some rudimentary circuit that's then wired up to a crystal of some kind and that acts as the antenna or what's the deal exactly i know what you're getting for your birthday yeah yeah didn't didn't do space camp didn't build a crystal radio but is am i getting that roughly right matt or what is you it can, doing y- yes yeah. you it's crazy you can use quartz to work either as a microphone or as a receiver it, yeah it, which is crazy because the crystal itself is the thing that uh, vibrates in the mm-hmm. way it's like it's like it's crazy and it so, needs only a little bit of power yes it's like super cost effective but, but think about the the crystal the concept of quartz crystals and how massive that is in popular culture right now as like a powerful substance that you can use like crystals and all that stuff mm-hmm. but then actually being able to use it to make a microphone I think the quartz microphone, like one of the oldest ones that was around, I think that's the key to getting ghosts, boys. Well, <laughs> just the last thing about this kind of malleability of tech and, and rudimentary things. You could take a telephone and wire it in reverse and it becomes a speaker or the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like you can turn it into a microphone. All you got to do is switch around some wires. So like a speaker or a headphone when wired differently can become a sound capturing device. You can also use an uh, electrical outlet for uh, Wi-Fi, right? You can you can you make can pass that. it through. That's right, right. Mm-hmm. right. So it it is fascinating. And look, Edison. When we say Edison is kind of a pill, we're talking about a different set of activities on his part. We do know that we can find no proof of him purposely designing or patenting some sort of uh, ghost radio which is a super cool phrase. But it's got to exist. <laughs> this, uh, As a band or like a, a rapper or something. It's got to. Uh, I, I was super disappointed when uh, when I found out that Snack God is a name that was already taken. I had like oh, six songs that were just about <laughs> snacks, and I can't use them because there's a guy already calling himself Snack God. Shout out to you. Well played. I had a silly idea for a bumper sticker. It'd be rock out with your caulk out, like um, caulking guns for, you know, it'd be, and like people in construction would wear these. And of course you Google it and there's t-shirts already. It's, uh, there's nothing new under the sun. Well, good for us for trying. I mean, at this point, uh, Edison 
if he's if he's not being like a cynical salesman, he's speaking to the great possibilities, the the pioneering frontiers that exist at this point. Recorded audio still had that new car smell. Cars still had that figurative new car smell and cars themselves would become a vehicle, get it, for new iterations of supernatural stories and tropes. It makes total sense that humanity would encounter this astonishing technology of recorded audio and say, well, what else can it do? I mean, that's a good question. It's a question that people asked when telephones came out, to your point, Noel, it's a question people asked when the telegraph emerged, when television emerged, uh, with online communication today as well, to your earlier point, Matt. I, I think it's fair to say humanity just kind of likes the idea of a ghost in the machine. Also a cool techno thriller from the 90s, uh, Ghost in the Machine. 1990s. We, we, the 1990s. We were talking about like, you know all these movies that happened in the 2000s that were part of that. But there was also a bit of a 90s trend for uh, technology-based thrillers, like The Lawnmower Man, stuff like Virtuosity. that. Virtuosity. Mm-hmm. Wait, yeah. no, that was 2000s. That's, I think it was still 90s. Virtuosity was like probably 99, 98. 1990s. I'm dating myself by pointing that out. <laughs> oh, I, I hope you guys are happy. <laughs> so so yeah. uh, there, there are a lot of people who are interested in this. Spiritualism as a movement, to the earlier point, it declines pretty rapidly. Like you were saying, Matt, in the lead up to and the immediate aftermath of World War II, uh, the fascination, though, with audio technology as a gateway to uh, the other side of the grave that remains. And that's where we get to shout out. I thought I thought we'd love this name. <laughs> that's where we get to shout out an American photographer named. Wait for it. This is his real thing on his birth certificate. Attila von Sizzle. The Hun, the third <laughs> Esquire. That's awesome. Yeah. You would, dude, you, I feel like this guy would be a really good hang if he were still alive. Probably. He built a oh, podcast. With. Oh, he sure did. Yeah. And also, you know, he's a photographer. I was just going to mention briefly, like just the idea of ghost photographs and capturing auras and stuff. That's, that's a whole nother topic. Corellian photography. Yeah. Super, super weird. And, and, you know, I can't explain that stuff either. Well, Attila had a great idea. Often in photography, one of the things you're focused on is isolating light, right? So like, where is light hitting on in this space that I'm going to attempt to photograph? And where is it not hitting? And his idea was, well, what if I could isolate the sounds rather than the visuals, the sounds? What if I could create a place where there would be uh, where most of the audible sounds that are existing in an environment go away, and I can just hear what's happening in this tiny little, I guess, cabinet or booth, like you said. Mm-hmm. Whisper booth. The, the, I forget. It's at a research university or something, but somewhere in the world, uh, there is this room that is apparently so perfectly quiet that it's uh, it'll make you go insane. If there's several, there. yeah, there are anechoic chambers that's that are what called. Yeah. Yeah. One I always really cool wood looking uh, room, mm-hmm. very beautifully designed. But yeah, I've never been in one, but it sounds like it would be a trip. Microsoft has one, I think. It's Warfield Labs, I want to say. Uh, but there, but yeah, these. If you are a human existing, there is a level of background noise which you must always encounter. When you're in a room without sound, you begin to hear your own body, and that's what bothers people. That's like the the sound of your blood 
moving through your veins, right? Your pulse, the clicks in your ears, the little the little dances that your tongue and your teeth do. This Well, to me, yeah. I, I imagine it being a little bit like if you're in if you're flying in an airplane and your ears do that thing, right? Mm-hmm. Where due to the pressure. Yeah. Do the pressure. It's it's like that uh, that uh it's almost an out of body thing. Like you don't feel as though you exist in this plane on this plane <laughs> anymore. Um, da-da, da-da, da-da. Hey, not uh, funny, Matt. I barely made it off that plane. It's you true. Know that. It's true. It's true. Some of those people in Alaska Air. Sorry, everybody. I'm just uh, a bit fell off. <laughs> oh, you, you guys were right, by the way. It was Orfield Labs. That was exactly the one I was thinking of. It's got oh. these crazy wood extrusion kind of things. It's beautiful to look at, but um, it's apparent. There's a lot of think pieces about it because it is kind of thinky to, to your point. Like all of the sounds that we take for granted when you strip them away and we're left with the actual deafening silence that is just our bodies. It could probably become overwhelming. Guinness World Records. Calls it the quietest room in the world. Again, why Why is a beer manufacturer in charge of world records? Good question. Why Different is a tire story. manufacturer giving out stars for fancy restaurants? It's, uh, they know what they did. Isn't that <laughs> Frank? Isn't that Frank Guinness? I forget. That's <laughs> oh, a, you know Frank? That's a, sorry. I, <laughs> the I can't Guinness Guinnesses? <laughs> yeah, it's the Guinness Guinnesses. Uh, <laughs> it, I've been listening to a lot of Comedy Bang Bang lately. I love ah. it when they have their holiday stuff that comes mm-hmm. out the best of with Paula Tompkins and all that. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Just shout out to you guys. Yeah, awesome. yeah, shout out. Shout out Polly F. Yeah. Uh, this guy and shout out Attila because he did do a good faith effort. 1956. He builds what you would, what you would recognize as a voiceover booth. Uh, he, in, and to your point, Matt, it is pretty good science for the time. He's saying, let's, let's eliminate as many variables as we can. And then let us interrogate, analyze what it is that remains. So he would have someone sit in this booth, and he would sit in it pretty often. Uh, and then he would gather sounds from the uh, external recording device and speaker. And uh, if you hear him tell it, <laughs> sorry, if you read him right about it, then what you'll see is a continual sense of curiosity and amazement. At one point in his experiments, he says, we're getting really weird recordings and there's no one in the room. So where is the sound coming from? What's talking into this mic in this insulated uh, cabinet, he calls it. Uh, The first question would be like, well, if there are ghosts, let's play along at home. What do the ghosts say? (laughs) The first messages are... Revelatory. They're <laughs> revelatory. They're going to change your opinion of the afterlife. The first one sounds like this. Hot dog art. Hot dog art. <laughs> so wait, is it like making art on a hot dog, like using mustard and ketchup and stuff? Or is it exclusively images of hot dogs done in tasteful fashion? They never, they never explained because That's upon questioning. Maddening. There was a response like, you know, who is this? Who is this wraith that approaches our weird booth? And they said, this is G. What up, G? <laughs> they also said, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year Happy to New you Year, all. governor. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's definitely not people down the street are we sure these weren't parents this is always the part of the twist in the agatha christie story where it was the parrot the whole time you know yeah this is uh it's a good question 
are these ghosts just sending the equivalent of text messages? I mean, is it is it someone down the street? Is it a bit of a susurrus down the street? I can, can, so. I, can I can I really quickly? I want to tell you yeah, guys a story. Okay, so old house I used to live in. Uh, I was in the process of preparing it to be sold, so moved everything out. Uh, did a bunch of painting. It's an empty skeleton of a house, basically, right? Uh, all wood floors, all bare walls. I went into the house late one night uh, to pick a few things up. I ended up, I don't know, just feeling squirrely, feeling weird. I ended up pulling stuff out of the house, put it in my car, went back into the house with all the lights off, and I went back into the master bedroom where I slept for like, you know, a long time. I slept in that room every night for a long time. And when I walked in, I felt this thing that you described at the top of this episode, Ben, this like feeling. There was a, I had a sensation. All the lights are off. It's very dark in there. I had the sensation that there was something in the corner of the room. I can't explain to you why it is, what it is, anything like that. I just felt something. So I walked over to that corner of the room and I stood very close to where I was feeling the sensation. And I felt that, you know, the chills that you get, the full body chills thing. That's like a wave that goes over you. I felt that happen. And I decided I was going to take my phone and hit the voice recorder and lay it in the center of that room where I felt something and just let it record for about 10 minutes. And I just left the house. Okay. Let it go for 10 minutes. Then I came back and listened back to it. I didn't hear anything but the sounds of that room when I just played it back on my phone. Right. I took it home. I plugged, I plugged it into, you know, we use Adobe audition, right. Uh, for a lot of the production Spectral we do. denoise. They're like trying to separate the spectrum. I did. Yeah. I boosted the signal. So all of the electric, uh, all of the electrical impulses that my microphone Base picked level. up yeah. now goes up by like 10, 20 decibels. Dude, you right? should have used the Soma mic. You would have <laughs> oh, had to run any plugins at all. But I'm just this I'm just getting trip. at something here to where I I then raise the level of what it actually heard. Then I re- reduce the noise a little bit, and I heard my neighbor watching television. Oh, of course! I, I'm pretty That's sure amazing. it was Game of Thrones. That's cool. I'm man. pretty sure. I'm not sure. I'm not, not positive, but I'm pretty sure it was Game of Thrones. That or I he heard. was having an intense conversation a about sword incest battle. and dragons. <laughs> but no yeah. ghosts, though, right? You, you heard. You 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 basically used you know, enhancing kind of a technology to hear something you shouldn't have been able to hear or separate it out, you know? But, but again, like it was, it was my interest in this feeling that I had thinking, well, what if I, what if there For was sure. something that wanted to communicate with me? I attempted these things and realized just through my own attempt, Oh wait, I'm just picking up stuff that's happening outside of where mm. I want to be, which mm. is why I think Attila's idea is so great here. Do you think you might've felt that feeling just, just to devil's advocate because you were feeling that emotional thing that I was talking about, that memory, you know, that comes over you and you're in a place that has meaning to you. And then therefore you're like, kind of, you're internalizing that. And it's sort of represented by this washing over you kind of, I mean, I, I've experienced that before. I just wonder what you think about that. Well, I, look, this is my opinion guys, but I think that's what, that is kind of what we set up at the top here. It's a it's a thing where you want to explore those feelings that are emotional, that are spiritual, and we are attempting to find, well, what is that thing? Is there something else extra that I can gain from this or that I can explore this more? And we use technology for it, and that's, that's what and, I did. And if you've ever received a text message from a ghost, we can't wait to read it. Send it to us, conspiracy at iheartradio.com. We're going to take a brief break for some more voices in your head. We'll be right back. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we have returned. Attila's experiments are only one example of the ongoing interest in EVP. The modern iteration of this stuff owes a lot to a parapsychologist whose name bedevils me. Uh, it's Konstantins Raudiv. Konstantins Raudiv. Uh, anyway, 1971, this guy uh, publishes a book on EVP. It's called Breakthrough. He's not the first person by any means to investigate the idea of re recorded audio ghost, but he is the person who popularizes it in the West. And he also doesn't say that he gets any, like, I feel like this is in his defense. He doesn't say he gets any great epiphanies or revelations or observations on the nature of the afterlife. He gets messages instead that say things like stuff you might hear down the street to your point, Matt, stuff like, I follow you tonight. Please interrupt. Or, of course, might be Mary Bin. 
I don't know what Mary Ben means. But, well, and remember, yeah. these are all interpretations of what of, people believe they are hearing, right? Right. Yes. With audio, if it's garbled at all, it can like you can have twenty people listen to the same piece of mildly garbled audio, and you will get twenty different phrases or sentences. Which is why bad presidents only do press conferences by helicopters. <laughs> but but no, but this is this is very true. Think about some of the maybe TikToks or Instagram reels that you've seen in the past where it's if you read different words while you're hearing audio, sure. yeah, you yeah. will hear your brain will interpret those sounds as different phrases entirely. And this uh, this phenomenon, all all of these observations lead folks like Robert Todd Carroll or the Skeptics Dictionary to uh, respond by saying, apparently the dead have very little of interest to say to us. But the, the belief continues. You know, uh, we we're talking a little bit off air about a 2005 film, absolute banger to some people, called White Noise, starring Michael Keaton, who you may recognize as Beetlejuice and Batman. Think about it. In, <laughs> in the film, uh, Keaton is a troubled architect. He plays a character named Jonathan Rivers adrift in the world after the disappearance of his newly pregnant spouse. And so he comes to believe that he is able to contact her or hear from her at least in via EVP. Uh, and the question is always with EVP, one can hear things or interpret them, but can one also communicate? Is it a two-way ghost radio? Uh, critics panned it. The audience loved it because people love patterns so much so that we have to introduce another factor in, into the explanation of EVP, pareidolia, pareidolia. Uh, it's a fun word to say. It does sound like an indie album. It's a real thing. If you've ever looked at, if you've ever woken up and you, there's a pile of clothing in your bedroom and you think there's someone in the corner watching you for just a second. You have encountered this. Your brain told you a thing was there because it interpreted something. Well, yeah, I, I'm going back because if you hear I follow you tonight, what if we're actually in? It's not a dead person. What if you're actually doing the parallel universe thing? You've got an overlay mm -hmm. and there's just someone who doesn't care about you. Robert Todd Carroll. Maybe they actually don't have anything to say to us because they're just living their life and we're mm -hmm. accidentally picking up on it somehow. Just saying, come on, man, we got to we got to keep an open mind about this, Rob. Eavesdropping into other universes, the nerve. Maybe accidentally. We didn't but, mean to. But, but sure. I mean, but that's also like good fodder for science fiction and stuff where someone will have this sort of chance, you know, glimpse through the veil and then get obsessed with trying to recreate it and harness it in some way, you know, like and that's what a lot of, the, you know, these kind of techno thrillers are about, too, where people will try to, you know, control the spirit by controlling the technology or whatever, especially what Lawnmower Man is about. Um, it's I guess it's less about the, the, the spirit world, but there are definitely a bunch of, uh, of films quote unquote films in that genre where that's a thing is the idea of trying to play God, you know, by using technology to breach the spirit world in some way, you know, but, but yeah, let's get back to what you were talking about there, Ben. It, it's, uh, it's about interpretation, right? Yeah. In the audio, as well as the visual sphere, you know, this is why photographs gain so much attention in popular culture. The picture of the famous face on Mars. Remember that one? 
where, mm-hmm. where uh, it was in the weekly world news. It's on so many blogs. It if was you, a dang face, okay? I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. Mars is a single entity. We found its face. Kind of like the man in the moon. I don't know about the, the Mars man. It's, I like it's it. a it's like a I don't know a dome that looks like a face. It looks like a giant sculpture that you can see from a telescope on Earth. From a specific angle, <laughs> yeah. uh, it looks a lot like a face. The monolith. It's the two thousand one monolith. That's no, is. no. But but it was proven that well, uh, it was shown that it really was about shadows and he, the human interpretation of shadows, and then us our pattern making thing. Right. That's what this phenomenon is about. I mean, if you believe telescopes and scientists, but (laughs) (laughs) what was it earlier? La-di-da? Poppycock? Lollipops? Man, I want to hear from those scientists. They're always lying to us, confusing us. Right. (laughs) I want, like, I don't know how magnets work. And in the same sentence, I reject the explanation of anyone who is an expert on magnets. Same, Ben. I feel the same way. We got a great voicemail, and I for, forgive me, I cannot remember the name you gave yourself. Awesome person that called in with a very positive message to us about that song, like how it's actually about connection and love and the human experience, and it's not actually about how magnets work. I don't think we're actually no, ragging on that no, we're not. for that song, though. <laughs> Absolutely, it's mainly not. just that it exists is a delight for us all. Yeah, the person person was very positive, and, and not even negative towards us. Just like, man, it really is a song about togetherness. Yeah, so Honestly, the Juggalo is all gathering about. is super wholesome. Like, uh, like the um, if you check out our show, Ridiculous History, where wherein some of this conversation and these references originate, we are we are talking as uh, fans of the Juggalo experience and community, or fans of the family. They would say the the idea though that perception plays such a key role in things. This idea is common to every single human experience. The way you think a sandwich tastes or the way you think a donut tastes is influenced by the environment in which you consume that donut and how you were feeling before you took the first bite. Why would another sensory experience be any different? Yeah. It's true. It's like, you know, uh, we you've talked on the show often, Ben, about how you don't perceive color. And it's sort of like trying to describe a color to somebody, you know, who hasn't perceived it. It's completely subjective. So when you start to try to do that, you realize how impossible it is to describe blue to somebody or to describe a taste. You can describe it based on common ingredients or stuff like that, but you can't really describe your actual experience of it, you know, at all. And for the same reason, it is, if we're being honest, it is technically impossible to prove a mundane cause for every single purported EVP experience throughout history. Scientists will say they can categorize things in a couple of different buckets, like interference from wireless communication. That's true. It's it's much more commonplace than it was in the time of the spiritualist even in Attila's time or Constantine's time, like CB radios, AM, FM, smartphones. Uh, And then there are things like modulation, ionospheric ducting. There are scientific explanations, but those scientific explanations, we could also argue they miss the mark a bit because the real question is what does the experience of EVP tell us 
about ourselves as the entities experiencing that? That's the real question. It's kind of like how tarot is an effective diagnostic tool. Magical ritual can be seen as ritualized psychology, you know, like the or weaponized psychology as well. It, it, I, I think Thomas Edison is correct. It's kind of EVP can also be seen as a scrying device. Ouija board, crystal ball, black mirror. I don't know. Auditory Rorschach test. Is that For dismissive? Sure. I don't no, want to be dismissive. So. I like um, well, it, yeah, it is about, in, yeah, it's all about interpretation. What we need is a mini anechoic chamber that is some kind of mobile device that can be, that has a single microphone in the center of it. It's about the size of, oh, I don't know, guys, like a refrigerator box or small, small, like a mini fridge box, right? Anything but the metric system. Well, but, but just imagine <laughs> a box that is sizable, but fairly small. That mm. has a lot of that stuff inside of it that we we're you were describing there, Noel, for the anechoic chamber, and has a microphone inside of it, and it's completely soundproof. You cannot hear any sounds outside that thing. You take it and you place it in places that are supposedly haunted or have a lot of you know there we ex- go activity. Yeah. Then you hold the seance even right next to it, or you t- t- ask questions. You get what's what's his name to be like, come on, go, let's go, bro, come on, bro. Oh no. Ghost grow? Chris Angel. Yeah, get, get, get that dude and just like yell. But the thing, the microphone inside the mini anechoic chamber can't hear him. And then if anything gets recorded inside that box, you'll know that some other being reached inside that thing and manipulated the condenser microphone. That would be a, 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 a baseline test. I think you're right there. But again, it's all about set and setting. And how can you ever assume that these things, if legitimate, are ever happening in location-based uh, ways, you know, you would, it would be like you could wait there. No, no, I see what you're saying, Matt. You'd want to be able to move this thing around, right? You'd want to like, yeah, go try to. Okay, got it. Because I was thinking about how can I build one of these in my shed? I really want to <laughs> well, do, do that. Is your shed haunted? Uh, could be. I don't know. I, just, I mean, I just have a studio. I just want to have a cool guys. Let's like, make cool a hydrocoic chamber. <laughs> God, what's the, the, the other word again? Hydrocoic. Anechoic. Uh, Anechoic. Sorry. Got it. We got. We've got like. I think this is where we we reach uh, we reach a turning point in our exploration, folks. Everything we've assembled shows that we cannot logically dismiss EVP experiences out of hand, uh, which means we want to hear your own takes on this. Email us directly any recordings you have. Write your tales of unexplained voices. Let us know what you see. Let us know how technology. Uh, emergent social media as well becomes a vehicle for future paranormal experiences and let us know what you think of the future of evp we can't wait to uh hear from you whether living dead or somewhere beyond we try to be easy to find online that's where you can find us uh at the handle conspiracy stuff where we exist on youtube uh, facebook and x fka twitter uh, we are also conspiracy stuff show on instagram and tiktok give us a call our number is 1-833-STDWYTK you've got three minutes to leave a voicemail give yourself a cool nickname and tell us your story Tell us all about that EVP you recorded. And once you're done recording it, let us know if we can use that recording on the air. Hey, and if you've got a recording file, why not send it to us? We are the people who read every email we get. Conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com.
Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.